Well, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, without any fiddling and deviling. They call us the good guys. I don't know why, because we're not really that good. Well, we think we're good, but actually we're just kind of mediocre. Adios, Sean Connery here. I'd like to welcome you all to the Gary Levitt and French podcast. Of course, that's Gary and his brother Keith. By the way, why the hell does Gary get top billing? Keith's much better looking. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, now pitching for the Boston Red Sox, number 23, Oil Can Boyd. 23, Boyd. Yeah! The can! Give the can the ball! Man, you real close to him. You sound like it. <laughs> he doesn't sound like it. He, he does. Like the scary part, Ken, is he, he's starting to look like him, but that's, hey! that's, a, whole other, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is Oil Can Boyd. That's right. One of the most legendary players in Boston Red Sox history. Oh, oh, yeah. And right off the top, yeah. how did you get that name, Oil Can Boyd? Well, growing up where I am right now, I came back to Mississippi about six months ago. You know, just a reminiscence of growing up as a kid and knowing about bootleggers and the moonshine that was here when I was a kid. Well, I'm probably still riding here somewhere right now, but they refer to it as the nickname of oil down here. You know, uh, gotcha. you hear that said quite often, you know, when people talking about, you know, getting a drink on or whatever, you know, hey, well, what kind of oil we got? So that's basically how it came about when I was a young, young man and uh, very familiar with the whole bootlegging scene and, and everything like that and the whole moonshine scene. So oh, a nickname like would naturally come up out of that if you it definitely live the life that I live down here. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's just a part of the makeup of the South. I love I love the nickname. I love your accent. <clears throat> I love everything. It's just like one of those Gator McCleskey movies. I just love it. That's fantastic. Oil Ken, as a kid, I used to go to Fenway. I always wanted to see you pitch, and I got stuck seeing Clemens all the time. <laughs> but 85 to... 85 to 86, you were one of baseball's most electric pitchers, winning 31 games in that time. How did you prepare for a game? Uh, basically, you know, I'm a, uh, uh, you know, they would say that, you, you know, you're high, strong and everything. That's my nature on the ball field. That's not me off of the field at all. So I was kind of, you know, um, I would mellow out and I'm, I'm a jazz listener and I would get in the mood listening to a saxophone or whatever before the ball game and riding on the highway, prepare, preparing myself mentally how I'm going to approach that particular game that night and that team I'm playing against. So I already I did my homework and everything from the previous day of watching the ball team. If it was the same ball team I was pitching against. And... um so, you know, I, I would mellow out and I would actually, you know, zone in and basically let your imagination run. And what would make that take place was because I was blessed with um, um, having command of the baseball. That's probably something I don't know, you know, if they express that so much in the major leagues right now, but that's the art of pitching. And the art of pitching, if you have the command of the ball, pretty much what you think you can do. So. I would always have an idea of how I would pitch 
each individual hitter all the way until the end of the ball game. I had a plan when I went out there for each and every guy. And I knew that every guy was a different hitter and they had a different approach. And I just knew how to read swings. So once I got out there on the mound and, you know, got into doing my thing and my little ritual of pacing around the mound, getting focused and a few deep knee bends, now it's time for me and Rich Gatman to go to work. And the team behind me do the same thing. And they kind of follow command, you know, with me. It was a little bit different because I was, you know, I was, they would call it animated, but I was animated mm. very much so. But so my teammates, you know, kind of played into the style of baseball that I was creating out there. And they loved it and they enjoyed playing behind me. Yeah, you were you were so much more than a pitcher for me. You, you brought that degree of entertainment to the field every time you, you were on top of the bump. Uh, and you were a pitcher's pitcher. It wasn't like you were just going to come out there and uh, obviously uh, I'm sure you had Gedman. He was a great battery mate. and He was probably calling a good game. But you just seemed to factor in uh, a certain mental portion to the game every time I watched you on the mound. I mean, I'm, I love baseball and I love studying you. And you brought that unique character every each and every time you were on the mound. And it, you made it an event, uh, which I absolutely loved. Absolutely loved, and 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 I can't help but emphasize that. Uh, but oh yeah, no, sincerely meant. I, I want to jump forward fast because I, I got this on my mind. I want to get it off my chest. Nineteen eighty six, game seven. You don't get the ball. Why didn't you get the ball in that game? Well, you know, there's a lot of reasons outside of what I would think. Um, but the things that I had heard was. Uh, you know, you talk about the rain delay, lefty, righty, that whole thing like that. Uh, I wasn't really into that too much, and I knew that wasn't the bottom line behind why I didn't tow the rubber that night. And, um, you know, I don't know what went through the front office or, you know, the best manager that I had, John McNamara, knowing how well I could pitch. And any given time, I could go out there and do and beat anybody. So, you know, um, that, that, that night, you know, I try to, I don't try to forget it. I just try to imagine what would have happened yeah. if I had pitched. And I try to look at it as, as positive I can to know that it would have been the World Series that I would have been a part of winning. And uh, and that's how I look at it because I, I've always based myself on no team beat me twice back to back. And that never happened in my career right. as long as I played. Any team that I faced, if they beat me once, I beat them the next time. They that's never right. beat me back to back. So I knew I wasn't going to lose against the Mets because that's the way my cards rolled out is that I became a better pitcher uh, when it was on the line. And I knew how to slow myself down and really focus on what I needed to do. And then, like I say, having the art of command was going to take control that night because whatever I wanted to do, I was going to do. And I really didn't care, you know, about uh, the opponent on the other side when it came to me doing what I had to do. So I didn't, I didn't mind taking a back seat to Bruce Hurst, but I didn't like the logic of where it came from. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I look at the game much, much different. And then I'm, a, I became, I'm a, I'm a selfish person when it comes to pitching. I really don't think that no one has ever told the rubber was no better than me. I don't care who it was. And I was told I that by that. Nolan Ryan. I was told that by Jim Palmer. I was told that by the best of pitchers and all of them in the Hall of Fame. And uh, so I knew that, 
uh, if that night was given to me, it would have been a different outcome of what came out to be. A can would have delivered. You de- you definitely would have delivered, and it's unanimous for the guys that are here in the studio this morning, Keith, Dennis, and myself, that McNamara and Red Sox management not only made a mistake there, they made several mistakes in that series. Yeah, um, you know, I, I won't want to call it because it's up to us as the ball player to get the job done. You know, at that level, believe it or not, it's very little coaching. It's a very, a very individual knowledge of knowing what we need to do to excel and to make things, you know, uh, go as planned as much as we can. And uh, but to start to manage just because of it's the World Series. Not that he didn't manage the whole season. Not that the coaches didn't coach the whole season. But I kind of think things was overdid because it was the World Series. Yeah. So it changed focus and it changed things. You know, we sure. we got there the way we got there. You know, uh, I should have won 20 games that season, but I settled with 16, mm. you know. But I, we got there. And don't change how we came to play. We, we, we And the way we got there, and that's the only thing i seen different, was that even, you know, changing me in game seven, but even game one, game two, all the games were different. Uh, managed different, coached different, different talk. Uh, things that we never ever uh, really heard as a team about what was expected of us to do, just because it's the World Series. Don't don't make it no special night than than any other game. Just let us play, yeah. and don't make it don't make it like that. And they, and it was made to be to where that it would add a little bit of unnecessary pressure. Yeah. You know, just let us play. You know, don't remind us that it's the mess and it's the World Series. Uh, we know it's the World Series, but we still want to go out there and have fun and BS around in the clubhouse and, and do the things that we did and have be laughing and joking and and, and go out there and do our job, you know, and go out there and do our job. And that wasn't allowed for us as a team to do. Hi, this is David Yaws from pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Welcome to Pod Only Knows, the game drawn from podcast highlights of pod617.com. The first question is, true or false, there has yet to be a U.S. college to require its students to get the COVID-19 vaccination. For the answer, here's an excerpt from the Twin XL podcast. This is Laura DeVoe for the Twin XL pod. We are excited for season two, and I'm going to throw it over to my co-host, Beth Prampetro. When we recorded back in March, we had a conversation about COVID vaccines and whether they'd be required for students this coming fall by colleges. We felt pretty confident that they probably wouldn't be because that would be unusual. But several colleges have decided to require COVID vaccines for students. We do want to say one more thing. Vaccines are cool. The more you get vaccinated, the more school will be cool. The next quiz challenge comes from Past Tense, the music nostalgia podcast featuring yours truly and Michael Milt Wolf, the chartmeister. See if you can guess the top five songs that contain the word thing or things, according to Ranker.com. Holy crap, I can't think of anything. Okay. The thing. How about the actor Charlie Sheen in the movie Major League? Does that ring a bell at all? Wild thing. Come on. Kind of an easy hint. So now I'm going to play like a little snippet of the song and see if you can get it from just a little snippet. One thing leads to another. Yes. Very good, Mel. Here's a brief snippet of this song. 
And if you feel scared, <laughs> I do. Things will only get better by Howard Jones. That's right. Here's a brief snippet of this song. Oh, my goodness gracious. Crazy little thing <laughs> called love. Of course. A classic. Right. So let's see if you get this one from a brief snippet. Oh, that's Steve Winwood, the finer thing. Wow. Well done, Melt. If you want to hear more awesome podcasts or if you'd like to produce one of your own, please visit pod617.com. And while you're there, check out Gary Levitt and Friends, the podcast, as Gary and Keith interview amazing guests from the world of entertainment, sports, and elsewhere. This is Dave for pod617.com. In pod, we trust. Oil can, in your opinion, is that one of the Red Sox' biggest blunders of all time, not pitching you? I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I've seen some mistakes in, in a few games that I saw before me and after me that just, just poor management um, in several several ways um, of, of how you handle the individual ball player. And uh, so, you know, I was really – you know, when I played the game and, and the time that I played, you know, we policed ourselves and we didn't have this discipline type of situation that would treat us like we're college ball players, man. We made the leaders. Yeah. We, we, we know how to handle what we need to do. We know how we got here. We know the work that we put in to be here. Not that we don't want to be coaching, not that we don't know, but believe it or not, we all are grown up in here. Some, we all different ages, but believe it or not, all of us grown, you know, so... Um, it, it was um, it was just a situation that happened at that time that just be something that you would write down in history. But it's a whole bunch of stories, yeah, uh, like that. You know, uh, sure. Even even with Bill Buckner, it shouldn't have been like that. Uh, I saw several things yeah. throughout that that season and seasons before that. Um, having a good core of baseball players that we had, and you know, not winning like we should. And, no. I mean, I was on a really, really good team of ball players, and you know, um, I might have had a little bit to do how the camaraderie was because you know, I, I was myself, and I I, uh, I was a team player as much as anybody, but I was an individual as much as anybody. Oh, absolutely! You you got like you mentioned, you had a great team, and I always thought that team was just destined for you guys are going to ride it for a few years. You know, you're just going to run it right back. Yeah, we had a you know we had a core guys. You did that, you know, absolutely. At, at the, you know, they're at the, at the, they were at the, you know, uh, prime of their careers. They yeah. were, and you had young ball players that was excelling. Uh, you had all kind of mixture of, you know, uh, leaders on the team, uh, all kind of things that you know kept the club high focus. But you know, on that team that I played on in '86, it was just a, a, a really good baseball team and a good guy. Can I be? I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask a few of these questions. I just want. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to get a, a good sense of what, what you were thinking. Who's the greatest player you ever played with and the toughest player you ever had to go up against? Greatest you played with and the toughest you went up against? Best player that I played with? Yes. Uh, man, it's, it's hard to say because they could all do a lot of things and sure. they could all be Superman at any given time and just be that great ball player that you think will last forever. Um but on every individual day in and day out, getting the job done yeah. all the time was Wade Ball. Ooh. That's, wow. That's saying a lot. He more. got the job done. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you know, uh, you know, our own personal bandana, I won't let that interfere with 
how I, I mean, that's a good person too. He wasn't bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. you raised that man. Remember, I'm raised in Mississippi, so yeah. I can feel that most people don't <laughs> feel. Who was the toughest you went up against, though? Toughest ball player you ever had a face? Who I had like in individual games, nobody like for like a long time in a career I really had a problem with. Oh. But only individual, like a series, uh, yeah. playing against somebody two or three times a season. Um, uh, Julio Franco, man. Ooh, yeah, he played forever too. Franco yeah. was great. Yeah, yeah and, but he could out hit anybody. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he. Uh, He's probably he still there. hitting. Yeah, at 60 years old, somebody yeah. just started taking batting practice in Arizona the other He's day, like and they you. thought he was 12. He's like you. You can still pitch. I know you can still pitch. Oh, yeah. I pitched last, last year in Florida. I, I pitched last year in November in Florida. I played tournaments all year round. Yeah. I was just going to ask you that, Oil Can, if you're still playing today. What are you hitting on the gun today? Oh, here we go. Well, if I get mad, I can hit 87. That's How old are you right now? 61. You can hit 87 at 61 years old. I can do that easy. Someone should sign him right now. I swear to God, I would. Not I, in shape, you know. I'm if I paying. get in shape, I get in shape, you know. Oh, I pay, my arm strength I, is. Ken, I pay Red Sox tickets prices to watch you pitch again. All right, I want you on. The Here we go. What camp campaign starts right now? You're going to be in the bullpen coming. Bring April. the can back. Bring him back. I, I got too many pitches to be in the bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> Give him the ball. Give him a few I, 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 can't, I can't throw all my pitches out the bullpen. You know when you got when you got twenty pitches, man. You know, so I got to start the game. You know, I, I, I got to start the game. That's the only way I know how to do it in my career. Yeah, I stuck. think I came in relief. Four times in my career, and that was like on makeup days. Yeah, you know, somewhere we blew, got somebody blew out your knee some time and sure. so over every game. From my first game in professional baseball game to my last game, I started. Wow. Well, Ken, what are you up to now? What are you What are you doing now? Yeah. What are you uh, up to? Right now, I'm in Meridian, Mississippi, and um, we're working with some contractors on developing a complex to be able to teach baseball all year round, baseball academy mixed in with some youth baseball here and there. And um, we're trying to evaluate if it's a good area and everything to bring minor league baseball to. They love baseball around here, so we we searching on it and everything. But right now, in the process of uh, purchasing some property to develop. Yeah. And uh, it's going to take oh, about eight or nine months for us yeah. to really see what we want to do. And that's great. That's what I'm into. It's about baseball and developing kids and uh <laughs> trying to create something in the community and and get the African American back into the audience, uh, not on the field. We're gonna get on the field, but we, we, you know, the love and the passion for me came from my family and friends and mm. people that I grew up with watching me play baseball. That's where my spirit came from, yeah. and 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 and, and uh, it's like my dad told me and my brothers when we were kids growing up. You know, um, he told us that you. You you entertain the people that pay to watch you play. 
Yeah, you're an entertainer. Entertain you were, them. You, you were an entertainer. You, you are a showsman. You, yeah. you you entertain. You yeah. You playing baseball, but they pay to come and see you. So give them a show. Yeah, you did. You did. I mean, give them a show, Jan. and that's what I always knew was yeah. you know you? make the fans love you and adore you and get the job done. You did. And those two years, I I look back. I mean, I I look at the the whole work of your career, but I I always factor mightily those two years back to back you won 31 games in two years and like you said you probably could have banged out 20 when you went 16 in time i was i was missing i was knocking at the door several you really times were. And, yeah yeah you, you had know, a great and, career you really had a great career you know so you know i don't i don't look back and i don't have no regrets you do what you do you can't change the past and that's that's having real faith about life uh what you do is what you do mm-hmm. and you don't want to say uh I'm sorry about really nothing. Do what you have to do and live your life and 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 uh, try to be the best person you can. And that's what I do with everybody that I meet, regardless of, of what. I don't care what's going on. I'm, I'm going to be the person that I want to be, and I'm going to treat people how I want to be is. treated. I don't care how they treat people. <clears throat> yeah. Oil. I don't care how nobody else treats people. All I know is I'm treating everything from a Love dog it. to a cat to a possum or whatever. That's <laughs> possums. You got to freaking see that possum. Lord, Come whatever on. the Lord put on the planet is outside <laughs> with me. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got no problem. We got opening day coming. Yeah, Oil Cam Boyd, here's what we're going to have you do. We're going to have you, okay, you're getting out. You're out onto the field now. you got to run once around Fenway Park as John Kiley's playing the organ music. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Start <Yeah. laughs> that whole play. <laughs> like the car you script his last run. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yes. Well, it's not going to be Oil Can Boy's last run because we're going we're gonna to stump for you to get back into the majors. Is that a deal? Hey, that, hey I, I, let me tell you something. I can pitch. And everybody ever seen me pitch. And believe me, yeah. when I say I can pitch, I can pitch. I don't have no metaphors, and I don't reminisce of what I used to do. I do exactly what I did. You still you at playing weight? Are you still uh-huh. are you still weighing the same as you I'm, weighed? I'm a little bit bigger, but I ain't got no body fat. That's All right. What, that's what keeps me throwing the ball right around 90 miles an hour. I work out, I work out, I throw, I throw, I throw, and... I didn't never want to let my gift go away. To, I didn't want to do it no more. I was very gifted with a right arm and a strong shoulder that has surpassed whatever people limitations will have of a baseball player. I'm way beyond that. Oil Cam Boyd, we want to thank you very much for coming on this morning. Gary Lovett and friends, ladies and gentlemen, the number 23 for the Boston Red Sox, Oil Cam Boyd. Yeah. Yes, all right. Thanks, Gary. Producer Dave here from pod617.com. A reminder to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts. Wherever you find it, you can always go to pod617.com for the full library of this show. In pod, we trust. Pod 617.